God the glory. How many feel good tonight? Doesn't it feel good in the house of the Lord? In the presence of our God. In the presence of our God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. We're going to look into the word of the Lord. We're going to continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're going to, we're going to be talking tonight about peace. We have talked about love. We've talked about joy. Tonight we're going to talk about peace. Before we do, I want you to ask, or want to ask you if, you, if you will, do please continue to pray for the family of Brother Marcus Harper, uh, dear, dear beloved brother who has gone to be with the Lord, and uh, just doesn't even seem possible, but uh, we just sang about a glorious place where we're going to sing and shout and dance about, and uh, Brother Harper has has uh, gone on before us, but but this is, of course, a time of grieving for his family. Let's do remember uh, them in prayer, and uh, uh, those services will be here at the, the church, the Annex, on Friday morning. I believe that's uh, viewing from 10 to 11 and a service at 11 a.m., and so let's do remember uh, Brother Marcus's family in prayer in Jesus' name. Let's also remember the family of Bishop Bowers. Uh, just an amazing uh, legend of apostolic uh, preaching, uh, teaching, leadership, international leadership. And um, he actually served as presiding bishop of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World from 1992 to 1998. And uh, my grandfather was the general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church at the same time. And so uh, they were both leading these two uh, powerful oneness apostolic organizations. And it just hits, it's uh, something that, it, it, it hits you right uh, square in the chest when you begin to realize that uh, some of those wonderful elders are passing on to be with the Lord. But I'm glad one day the saints of all the ages will join in the triumphant song. Hallelujah. The, joint, the triumphant song. And uh, we, we, we will be praying for the Bowers family, the Daniel family, and of course the Greater Emmanuel Apostolic Temple family. And uh, I'm so glad to see everybody here tonight. God bless each and every one of you. It's warm outside. feel like going to church. Amen. And I, I, I know we've got more February to go, but I'd just be glad if it stayed just like this a little while longer. Amen. I think we had enough winter. You know, by the time the Christmas carols get done, well, I'm all done with all that ice and snow. And, but, but we have a little more maybe. Uh, but it's, we'll enjoy what we can when we can get it. But I'm so glad you all have come tonight uh, to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, Brother Gabe just stopped me and said, I'm looking forward to hearing the word of the Lord. And I appreciated that. Amen. You just wave your hand, Brother Gabe. Amen. I appreciate that. A young man that wants to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And so we're going to look into the word of God and, and we're going to talk about the fruit of the spirit. There is something uh, beautiful about the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to, we're going to read them off again because... We want them to flourish in our lives. Now, you cannot make these things come to pass in your life. Uh, you can't will them into existence. You can't uh, try really hard and get them to manifest in your life. Uh, but through the demonstration of the Spirit, through the work of the Spirit, they will, amen, they will manifest themselves. And so Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 22. The word of the Lord says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And what that means is, is that there is no there is no way to legislate those things into existence. I can't get up here and tell you, hey, love and, and have joy and, and have peace. And then all of a sudden you've got it because I told you to do it. It, it happens by way of the Holy Spirit of God. And so it, we need to understand that this is a miracle thing. 
Uh, when, we, when we try to replace the miraculous manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit with our own will and discipline and, and our own efforts at trying to, to love or have peace or have joy, uh, it, it, it becomes something that is not a fruit of the Spirit but a fruit of the flesh, which is, which is actually, it becomes a work of the flesh. And so we want to be careful not to demonstrate a fruit of the flesh. We want this to be a fruit of the Holy Ghost in our lives. So when we, have, when we talk about love, we're not just talking about, I'm going to flip a switch and I'm going I'm to love everybody. Okay, fine. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to hate. I'm just going to love everybody. You can try that all you want. And it's not going to be true in your life until the Spirit is doing the work. So what you have to do is put yourself in a position where the Spirit of God can actually move upon you and begin to develop within you these beautiful things called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, uh, we, we, I, wanna, I try to bring out some, some truths about the fruit of the Spirit whenever we, we talk about these each fruit, but I want to remind you why the fruit of the Spirit grows on us. Jesus said this. He said, by their fruit you shall know them. So, you can claim to be a Christian all you want, but the only way that it is verified that you are a Christian is if these things are in you and abounding. That's the only way. It doesn't matter where you go to church. It doesn't matter who you say you are. It doesn't matter who you say Jesus is. If you, if you don't have love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance, then, then you're not demonstrating the fruit of the Holy Ghost. It is the working of the Spirit that demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And so the question is, uh, why is it so important for us to bear fruit? And it is extremely important. I'm going to read to you from John chapter 15. And I want to read to you just a, a few verses of Scripture about the fruit of the Spirit that is going to illustrate to you why it is so important that a child of God have the fruit of the Spirit. This isn't just optional stuff. This is stuff Jesus was adamantly commanding of us to do. John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every, hear this, you ready? Every branch in me. Everybody say, I'm a branch. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. What fruit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. He purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. The purging process of the branch is sometimes a difficult process. We go through some things in our life. Anybody ever been through some things? Anybody going through something right now? I've learned, and you have learned, and, and we all need to learn that if you're going through something, that God, is, that God is, has removed you from your comfort zone, and he has you off, in the corner or off in some kind of a way or place and he's purging you you need to know that he's doing that so that you can bring forth more fruit there, there, there's something in you that's preventing love from growing there's something in you that's preventing gentleness from growing anybody that can be more gentle than you've been lately is there anybody here that can be more loving than you've been lately Anybody here that can have more peace than you've had lately? Okay, so, so God, to address that, he takes us away and purges us, refines us, begins to, begins to chip away at us. That's the, that's the discomfort that you feel in the circumstances of life. You've got folks talking about you. You've got folks opposing you. You've got folks saying things that aren't true about you. You've got problems developing. Maybe it's even something maybe in your body that, that might be 
might be developing. And, and maybe, it is, uh, maybe it's a relationship that's going awry. Or perhaps it's something on the job that you just can't seem to get worked out. And the, the boss is, has been creating a, a, a problem for you. My grandfather used to call people that were just constantly uh, persecuting others in the church grace growers. Don't be mad at them. They're growing grace in you. And what he meant was, God is taking you away. He's purging you so that you may bring forth more fruit. Don't get bitter. Don't get offended. Don't get carnal. Don't react the way the world would react. Instead, let God perform the purging work in you. And when he is finished performing the purging work in you, you're going to demonstrate love in the face of hate. You're going to demonstrate peace in the face of strife. You're going to demonstrate gentleness in the face of wrath and malice. And so, that's what the Bible says. He purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, I love what Jesus said next. He said, now you are clean Through the word which I have spoken unto you. I love that because he's letting you know. If you will get what I'm telling you. It will clean you up. On the inside. It will purge you and purify you. It will begin to create a clean heart inside of you. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you bear fruit except you abide in me. So the question is, okay, God's telling me he wants me to bear fruit. How do I bear fruit? That's what he's telling you right there. You bear fruit by abiding in him. That's one of the reasons why we baptize people into Jesus Christ. We don't baptize them into one of his many wonderful and lofty Titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, you name it. He's got a plethora of amazing titles. We baptize him into the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus Christ. When you are plunged into Jesus Christ, you're not just plunged in one ceremony of baptism in water. Your whole life is immersed into Jesus Christ. You must stay immersed in Jesus Christ. You, you, I, I don't mean that, that you don't stay under the water. You need to come up out of the water. Unless you got some snorkel gear down there or something. But you need to, we want the old man to die. We don't want the new man to die. So when you come up out of the water, you rise to walk in newness of life. But, but hear what I'm telling you. You are to live a life of being immersed in Jesus Christ. You're, you are to live a life of being buried in Jesus Christ. You might have come up out of the water, but that old man stays under that water. You live a life of abiding in him. You do that by a a healthy diet of the Word of God. You need to be listening to the Word of God. You do that by a healthy exposure to worship and to the singing of songs, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. You cannot have a steady stream of popular culture and remain abiding in Jesus Christ. You can't do it. You cannot do it. I understand that, that popular culture is happening all around us, and we, and we know what is happening in our world, but you've got to be sensitive, ladies and gentlemen, to understanding when it's time to cut that connection. And, and, and it's one thing to have information and understand and watch and know what's happening in your world. It's quite another thing to be immersed in it. We're immersed into one thing, Jesus We're immersed into one thing, Jesus Christ. So that's where the fruit comes from. It comes from abiding in him. Many believers cannot produce fruit because they are not abiding in Christ. All of the promises of God occur in Christ. Not outside of Christ. In Christ. That's why the Bible says, 
the promises of God and him are yea and amen. So let me give you some great promises of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's an awesome thing. No condemnation in Christ Jesus. What about this? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All of the promises of God, all of the glory of God, all of the fruit of the Spirit, all of them occur in Jesus, not by Jesus, not near Jesus, in Jesus. So it's a positioning thing. That's where you grow. That's where love grows. That's where joy grows. That's where peace grows. That's where goodness grows. It grows in Jesus Christ. John chapter 15 and verse 4. Abide in me. I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. I don't care how many times you read how to win friends and influence people. You cannot fake fruit of the Spirit. You can can put a smile on your face. You can have the most charismatic presentation. You can put whatever kind of a plastic presentation you want on yourself. But it will not have the power of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit has power in it. It has real spiritual antioxidants in it that war against the works of the flesh. So this is what the Bible says. It says, you can't do it by yourself. Just like the the branch cannot bear fruit if it's not connected to the vine, you can't bear fruit if you're not abiding in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. And there we see baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We actually see Acts 2.38 there. He that abideth in me, that's immersion in Jesus. And I in him, that's the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. See, when we are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, that is not, we've treated that too long, like, like that's getting your ticket punched for the subway or something. That's not what it is. That is the first of many times that you are immersed and overflowed with joy. It's the the first every day you need to re-immerse yourself. You don't have to go back in the water. See, that's what happened with Moses. Moses went to the rock and he said, we're thirsty. What do we do? God said, smite the rock. So Moses smelt the rock. That was a type of Jesus Christ being crucified at Calvary. And what happened? Water began to flow. So Moses goes back to the rock and and says, God, we need water. Should I smite the rock again? And God said, you don't have to smite the rock. You've already smitten the rock. Now talk to the rock. And that's the way it is with baptism. Oh, God, I need a brand new touch. Should Should I go get back into the waters of baptism? No, you've already been baptized in Jesus' name. Now that's important that you be baptized in Jesus' name. That's necessary. But, but you've already been baptized in Jesus' name. You don't have to go jump back in the water and do backstrokes and, and cannonball. You don't got to do all that. You talk to the rock. You talk to God. You ask God to help you. You, you. you have a relationship with God. You abide in Him. He abides in you. And so the Bible says you will bring forth much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. You don't want that to be you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You know why the power is in his words abiding in you? Because his words are seeds. And when those seeds get in you, the fruit grows from the seeds. So this is is where fruit comes from. This is where the fruit of the Spirit comes from. And and it it is overwhelming. Why does God want fruit to grow on his people? God wants fruit to grow on his people. Not so you can look like a an amazing Pentecostal produce section. 
And everybody can congratulate you on how nice you are. And talk about how much, how holy you are and how much of a Christian you are. And, and, and commend you and give you praise for how good you are. You and I need to understand, we cannot bear fruit of ourselves. But, but, but you're gonna, you need to walk out of your house every day looking like a produce section. There needs to be love hanging off of you and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness. It needs to be, you just need to be, you need to be a walking orchard and grove and, 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 and vineyard. You need to be full of fruit. But by the time you come home, you need to be picked like a cluster of grapes. You know that big cluster of grapes it's so full of grapes when you first get it, and then by the time you get done with it, it's like got these little stems that are bare. That's what should happen in your walk with God. You need to be so full to overflowing with love and joy and peace and goodness that the whole world can eat of the fruit that hangs from your branches. That's why God wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to bear fruit so the hungry can eat. Did you know the people in your workplace are hungry for love? Do you know they're hungry for gentleness? They don't get it in the world. They might get some fake version of it. You know why people fake it? Because they want your money. So they'll, they'll tell you whatever you want them to say. I, I, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be nice. I'll shake your hand. I'll smile. I'll pat you on the back. I'll give you good customer service. Because I want your money either today or I want you to come back next whenever and spend your money in my shop then. That's not the way it is in the kingdom of God. We are kind. We are loving. We are patient. We are gentle. We are good. Not to receive something in return. But to give something. In fact, Jesus said, if it never comes back to you, do it anyway. Don't love like the, like the world loves. Anybody can love somebody who's lovable. Love the unlovable. Love your enemies, he said. Oh, I'm not talking about human love now. Because the greatest human love is that a man lay down his life for his friends. Greater love hath no man. Greater love hath no human than a man lay down his life for his friends. But when Jesus laid down his life, he didn't lay down his life for his friends. He laid down his life for his enemies. He laid down his life for those who persecuted him. For those who mocked him. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy. And tonight we want to talk about peace. See, peace, man, everybody wants peace. Everybody wants peace. Everybody's looking for peace. The whole world is calling for peace. And, and peace cannot come by worldly means. Peace can only come as a fruit of the Spirit. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. You can quote it. Most of you be able to quote this. If you can't, that's all right. You ought to. You ought to learn this verse. This will help you. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. My, my great-grandfather, Andrew Urshan, in his church in New York City, he had a big banner up on the wall that said Jesus is God Isaiah 9 6 and his son my grandfather thought that's what Isaiah 9 6 said verbatim well I, I know how to quote Isaiah 9 6 Jesus is God and then when he read it he thought wait a minute that's not what that says but then when he really read it he realized that's exactly what it says for unto us a child is born that's Jesus and unto us a son is given. That's Jesus. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. That's Jesus. And his name shall be called Wonderful. That's Jesus. Counselor, Jesus. The mighty God, Jesus. The everlasting Father, Jesus. The Prince of Peace, Jesus. Jesus is God. Isaiah 9, 6. But he calls him the Prince of Peace. See, see, Peace is a spiritual phenomenon. 
Peace is a spiritual abode. It is a spiritual place. And Jesus is the prince of peace. You cannot have peace without being immersed in Jesus Christ and him being inside of you. Abide in me and I in you. And you shall bear much fruit. If you don't abide in me, you will not bear fruit. Now, there are plenty of false versions of this peace. As a matter of fact, in the 1960s and into the 70s, there was a peace movement. They were tired of war. They were tired of all of the pain that the world had suffered for so long. And they started crying out for peace and peace, peace. They say peace. They call themselves flower children. And uh, the hippie movement, some of y'all, I, I actually wasn't there. So I have to go by the history books. But some of y'all remember that. I've often said, though, that the hippie movement was so close to a real revival. Because they were just... They were just hurting souls looking for truth. And they looked for love in all the wrong places. And, uh, and they, they, uh, they knew that what the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the only thing there's just too little of. Uh, they knew that uh, in the form of anarchy, it was a distorted belief system, but it was, but it was this idea that the law can't save us. They understood that. And they understood that they could not find peace in this world. So they began to smoke things and, and, and shoot things into their system that would give them escape. And take them on a quote trip unquote. Looking for love in all the wrong places. And I've often said that if they would have just turned to Jesus. They'd have found what they were looking for. If they would have gotten on the good old gospel ship. But instead they got on a yellow submarine with a green tambourine and the whole thing just spiraled downward from that point on. But if they'd have just, if they'd have just called out to Jesus, if they'd have called out to Jesus because, listen, LSD can't give you peace. And there's no, there's no illicit sexual relationship that can give you peace. There's no human being that can give you peace. And I don't care what politician promises it. They can't give you peace. And I don't care who tries to broker it in Israel. They can't give peace. And, and, and I'm not saying that the world should stop trying to establish peace. But I am saying they need, to, they need to turn to the prince of peace. The only one who can provide the peace that is true peace there's a fake peace and there's a true peace and the true peace is only found in Jesus Christ peace means safe it means whole and it's it's safe in body it's safe in mind it's safe in soul it's safe in spirit and and what what ends up happening with peace see we think of peace as being a, a, a tranquility a serenity we call it peace and quiet that's what we call it. But that's only the result. Peace is actually wholeness. It's when, it's when the, the, the whole person is, is brought into alignment. The way that that person is supposed to be brought into alignment. And the problem that human beings have had forever has been trying to find that wholeness by themselves. I saw someone the other day with their hands uh, together and their arms positioned a certain way and their legs positioned a certain way and their eyes closed and I realized they were trying to meditate themselves into a place of serenity. And self, self is a powerful spiritual force but self is a weak spiritual force in connection to sin. You cannot find peace through any kind of meditation. You can't find peace. I'm talking about peace. You cannot find wholeness, peace, through any kind of avenue other than through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. 
It's not something you can trick yourself into having. It's not something you can talk yourself into having. It's not something you can even think yourself into having. It is a work of the Spirit, and you get it by abiding in Him and Him in you. It grows like a plant grows. It grows. Peace grows. It, 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 it flows even like a river. It, it, it originates from the presence of the Lord. It originates from the glory of God. And it flows into your life and grows into your life. It's not something you can make happen. And that's what we try to do so often. We try to make it happen. Verse 4 of Isaiah chapter 26. I want to read to you. We're going to read from the uh, first verse of Isaiah 26. And we're going to read a couple of verses on down. This is what the word of the Lord says. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou, here it is, thou will keep him in perfect peace. Here it is, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Oh, hallelujah. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. It is a work of the Holy Ghost. Who, who is responsible then for the peace? God will keep you in peace. Perfect peace. The world doesn't know anything about perfect peace. The world can try again to establish some form of tranquility. But what God offers is perfect peace. It's a miracle. It is a miracle that occurs. And he will do it to those whose minds are stayed upon the Lord. And you might say to that, well, there's my problem. As my mind races all over the place. I'm thinking of one thing and then I think of another. And then one worry pops up and then another worry pops up. And then I get this doubt and I start feeling down. Next thing I know, I, I don't want to see anybody. I just want to go cry in my room. And what do I do about that? That's something you take to God. And you say, God, I need you to take my mind and focus it on you. Give him the reins of your mind. And say, Lord... Help me to concentrate my mind upon you. And God in miraculous power will help you to concentrate your mind on him. And perfect peace will be the result. And God will keep you in that perfect peace. I had a conversation this week with a wonderful, wonderful man of God. Man of, of uh, great faithfulness, Brother Dan Houck uh, from Indianapolis, Indiana. Calvary Tabernacle, the church that my grandfather pastored for many years. And I, I was with him, and I said, Brother Hauk, I said, could you please share with me again your testimony? I had heard it before, but I, it had just been a while. And, I, uh, and it, it had to do with my grandmother on my mother's side, uh, my grandmother Stafford. I said, could you tell me again the story of your conversion and when you came to God? He said, oh, Absolutely. He said, and, and today God has blessed him greatly, and he's a, he's a wonderful, faithful uh, believer. And you, to look at him today, you would think that he's always been on the straight and narrow. But there was a day when, when he didn't serve the Lord. When he first walked into the house of God, and he told me something. He said, I walked in, and he said, he said I looked rough, and I had issues. But he said, nobody said a word to me. Everybody showed me the love of God. And I love that. And he said this. He said, I had been baptized in Jesus' name. I had not yet received the Holy Ghost. And I was in the service. And he said, your grandfather, my grandfather, was preaching. And while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost began to move. And, and my grandfather said, there's a spirit of healing that's in this place right now. And said, everybody stand right now and begin to worship the Lord. And so everybody stood and began to worship the Lord. They lifted up their hands and began to worship the Lord. Brother Dan Houck, he was very new uh, in the church. He had never received the Holy Ghost yet. He had been baptized, but not had received the Holy Ghost. And he lifted up his hands. He began to worship God, and the power of God began to move in that place. And he said, I kid you not, 
something pushed me down into my seat. He said it was a force. It was a powerful force. It threw me down into my seat. He said I had never experienced anything like it. He said I still haven't had it happen quite like that. Since that day, he said, it threw me down into my seat. And I fell back into my seat with my hands still lifted. I was stunned trying to figure out what happened. He said, and Sister Stafford, who's my mother's mother, my grandmother, she leaned up to him and said, son, I don't know what you came into this service needing from God, but he just gave it to you. What people didn't know was that because of the effects of the drug culture he had come out of, he had, he had needed medication to prevent seizures. He had, he had terrible seizures, and he was on a medication that, that, that was needed for those seizures. And because he, he needed that medication, he, he was going to be reliant on it. But he hated the medication, and he didn't want to... Uh, use that medication any longer because of the effect it had on him, the adverse effect that it had on him. But in that moment, in that moment, when, that, when, when Sister Stafford, Grandma Stafford, leaned up and said, whatever you need from God, I don't know what it is, but God just gave it to you. He walked out of that service, he looked at his wife, and he said, Judy, I don't need this medication anymore. She said, hold up now. Don't get too crazy. He said, I'm telling you, God did something back there. God did something back there. She said, are you sure? He said, I'm positive. He went directly to the first trash can that he saw and threw it away and never had a seizure from that day on. You want to know why? Because God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. Listen, don't, don't forget about the miraculous power of God to give peace to somebody. This isn't something that you think your way into, or you will yourself into, or you discipline yourself into, or you try really hard. You simply abide in Christ and let his words abide in you. And the fruit grows. Peace begins to grow, and it'll grow out of you it'll grow out of your words it'll come out in your actions it will come out in your treatment of people and it'll begin to spread its limbs through your home it'll spread its limbs through your children's bedrooms it'll spread its limbs through the living room it'll spread its limbs through the neighborhood it'll you hear what i'm telling you some of you got ivy growing down the row and the person down the row can feel the peace of god when they're with you and in your company that's the fruit of the holy ghost it's not a work of the flesh it's not a work of your excellent willpower or your tremendous disposition you don't get the glory for it god does it you give him glory why do we let our light so shine before men Jesus said we let our light so shine before men so that people may see our good works and glorify our God our Father which is in heaven hallelujah that's why there is fruit of the spirit not so people can praise you for your good works and talk about how, how peaceful you are and how gentle you are, but so that they can look upon your life and say, I've never seen somebody react to an angry outburst the way this person is reacting. Man, if that had been me. And you got to be careful with that. you got to be careful with that because people who don't understand it, even people in the church, will try to make you feel like less of a person if you don't have a fleshly reaction to something. They will say something to you like this. I don't know why you let them talk to you that way. I don't know why you let them treat you that way. I don't know why you let them take advantage of you that way. Well, I'm glad nobody walked up to Jesus while somebody was putting a nail in his hand and said, I don't know why you, you could call angels from heaven. I don't know why you let them treat you that way. I'll tell you why I'm letting them treat me this way. Because when they look on me whom they have pierced and they realize that I could have lashed out, but I didn't lash out. Here's another one coming into the camp of grace. Here's another one coming into the sheepfold. Here's another one coming into the body of Christ. are seeds in your deeds 
You don't always you don't always have to have a pulpit to preach. You don't always have to have a PA system to preach. You 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 can preach. You I've seen people preach without saying anything when they could have lashed out. But they but they held their what they hold? They held their peace. Glory. This is too precious to me. He, it, I, I, this peace that I have, do you know how you know how long it took for this to grow inside of me? Used to be a hothead, quick-tempered. My anger could flare up at any moment. You just look at me the wrong way. You just disrespect me. And anger will rise up because who do you think you are? And, and, and so, so no, I'm sorry, but, but it took God a while. It took me a while to be in his presence and learn that that's where the joy is and that's where the love is and that's where the peace is, is in his presence. It's in his word. It's in, it's in abiding in Jesus Christ and him abiding in me. And what has grown inside of me is this, is this, is this thing called peace. So I'm sorry, you don't, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold my peace. I'm going to hold my peace. I'm going to tell you, some days it's easier than others. It depends on how good prayer session was that day. It depends on whether I cried or not in prayer. If I just went in there and, oh, God, love you, Jesus. Now I lay me down to sleep. No, I said that last night. No, uh, give us this day our daily bread. You know, it depends on... On how I touched him. And if I abide in him. And he abides in me. If I go back to the foot of the cross again. And and I let him teach me how to love again. See if I spend time at the cross. If I spend time at the cross. I hear him say things like. Father forgive them. For they know not what they do. And I've always wondered. What does he mean by that? Because they knew what they were doing. How do, you, how do you drive a nail into somebody's foot and not know, not know what you're doing? How do you, how, do you, how do you take a crown of thorns and shove it on somebody's head and not know what you're doing? Oh, they knew what they were doing, but they didn't know what they were doing. Because they thought they were wounding this man when they were actually wounding God. Samuel said, God, why are they rejecting me? God said, don't be offended. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. That's what you must remember when people lash out at you. They're not lashing out at you. They're lashing out at the image of God. That's what you must remember. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Don't you react in a fleshly way. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. And if we will fight with those weapons, we'll pull down strongholds and we'll cast down imaginations. Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Glory. Hallelujah. This is the peace of God. The peace of God. And I wish I could teach it. I wish I could teach it so thoroughly and so well that, that everybody just walked out of here and said, now I understand peace. But I can't. I don't know how to do that. I can read to you everything there is in the Bible and it is still a peace that passes understanding. It still is above my ways and above my thoughts. I cannot attain unto it, not in my flesh. I must depend on God doing a supernatural work inside of me. And I want you to know that if you let him do that, he will move upon your body. He will move upon your mind. He will move upon your marriage. He will move in your finances. He will, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hear what I'm telling you. You want to know why? Because here's what happens when you hold your peace. See, a lot of people think, well, if I hold my peace, what am I going to do? Because if I'm holding my peace, how's anything going to get done? No, no, no. Hold your peace 
and let the Lord fight your battle. That's what happens when you hold your peace. You give God the green light to fight the battle. My God. Hallelujah. And God will fight that battle. God knows how to fight the battle. God fights the battle in the most amazing ways. I'm telling you, he knows. He is so good at being God. He's so good at, 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 at fighting the, the enemies that we can't see. He fights the real enemies. And when we hold our peace, we let him. We allow God to fight the real enemies. If we, if we don't hold our peace, we fight the wrong enemies. You need only fight one fight, and that's the good fight. Leave all the other fights undone. Who cares about the other fights? Fight one fight. I have fought a good fight. That's what I want to say at the end of my life. That's what Paul said. Paul did not say, I fought. I'm 40 and 8. I got three knockouts, whatever. He didn't, he didn't give stats on all the different squabbles that he got into. He said, I fought one fight, and it was the good fight. And all the other fights, I'll, I'll just let God take care of those fights. And I will, in the power of the Holy Ghost, I will fight the good fight and finish my course. Glory to God. That's what happens when you let the Lord give you peace. Now, I want to give you another way of letting peace grow inside of you. How many want peace? How many want peace in your life, in your mind? Hallelujah. How many want peace in your home, peace in your marriage, peace in your relationships? Peace at work. Peace when you go to bed at night. How many want, how many want peace? You, you must have peace. I want, you to, I want you to tell, I want to show you in the scriptures what the Bible tells about peace. We're going to read from Psalm 119. We're going to read every verse of Psalm 119. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. That's 176 verses. We're going to read one verse. And everybody said, Amen. Psalm 119, verse 165, and it says this, Great peace, oh hallelujah, have they which love thy law. He just told me how to have great peace. Love the law of God, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Do you know what I realize when things offend me? I, 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 according to this verse of Scripture, and every word of God is pure. This is the true word of God. Great peace have they which love thy law. So, if I don't have peace, if I don't have great peace, there is an area of the law of God that I am failing to embrace. I don't know which one it is. But I'm going I'm to sit down with it. I'm going to get alone with God in prayer. And I'm going to say, okay, God, get that which is unclean out of me. What is it inside of me that is in contradiction to your law? Is it, thou shalt not covet? Have I stopped loving the concept of being content with what you have given me? What is it? Why, why don't I have great peace? Some people don't have great peace because they want more. I shall not covet what your neighbor has. Don't look at what other people have and wish it was you that had what they have. And I'm telling you, pulpits across America are teaching people to covet. Encouraging Christians to covet. Ignoring the fact that Jesus had no place to lay his head. Let alone looking down at the, the Jones's car. Jones's house and the Jones's clothes and the Jones's promotion and wishing it was them and wondering why they didn't. You're violating the law of God and you don't have peace in your life. What is it? What is it that you have fallen out of love with? Is it, is it thou shalt have no other gods before me? Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image? Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor? Thou shalt not commit adultery? Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, honor thy father and thy mother. 
Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? What, what, what are you doing? What have you stopped loving that is causing a lack of peace in your life? God, now again, you can't just flip a switch and start loving the law of God. God has to put that love in you for his law. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. So you abide in him. His words abide in you. You are in his presence, and, and his presence is like a rainforest. You know, there's a lot of stuff that grows in the rainforest that doesn't grow here because the rainforest is saturated with moisture, and that's what happens when you get into the presence of God. You're in a spiritual rainforest, and you're just inundated. That's why the Bible says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. That's where it grows. If you're not in his presence, the fruit won't grow. And it's in his presence that you begin to look into the the law of God. And you fall in love with it again. And you say, Lord, I, I love it. You start hating sin. And you start loving the law of God. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't hate sin yet, you better buckle up. Because God will let you go on a ride that by the time you get done with it, you'll hate anything that has to do with sin. We won't have to tell you to abstain from all appearance of evil. You'll hate the appearance of evil. You You don't want to have to go down that road. You don't want to have to go down that road. Hear what I'm telling you. You just please for for heaven's sake hear what I'm literally for heaven's sake. Hear what I'm telling you. Hate sin now. Hate sin now. Hate the appearance of sin now. Because You will hate sin one day, and it'll either be because you embrace the law of God, you embrace the word of God, you took God at his word, you humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God, or it will be because sin took you on such a desperate ride that you didn't expect or plan. But the Bible says you can have great peace if you love the law of God. And nothing shall offend you. So I realize if I don't have great peace, there's something in me that does not love his law the way I need to love his law. And if something offends me, then there is something in his law that I don't love the way I need to love. If you are offended, that should be the biggest red flag in your life. I want to say that again. I'm going to say it to me. Y'all understand I'm preaching to me. If you are offended, if I am offended, it is a red flag in my life that I am not where I need to be in God. And I don't care how real that feeling is. It doesn't matter how raw that feeling is. It doesn't matter how justified you feel in having that feeling. You are justified by only one thing, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't get to be justified to be offended and justified by the blood. You get to choose what justification you accept. Choose being justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what we, the just shall live by faith. We are justified by what Jesus did. Therefore, I am no longer feeling justified to be offended. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want peace in my life. I want peace in my life. And people will tell you that you're, you're less of a person if you don't get offended about a thing. You let the word of God tell you what you should be offended about. And the word of God teaches it so clearly. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. You need to fall in love with the law of God again. Let the law of God become the center of your life. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's let peace grow in us. How many want peace to grow inside of you? Could you just lift your hands to heaven right now and say, Lord, I want you to, I want you to let peace grow inside of me like it's never, like it's never, it's never grown inside of me, God. I want new peace, oh God. Hallelujah. I want somebody who, who needs peace right now to call unto God and say, Lord, I need, I need peace, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I feel like we need to have a revival of the law of the Lord in our life. You need to understand, it was the law of Moses that was fulfilled, not the law of the Lord. The law of Moses was fulfilled. The law of the Lord is forever settled in heaven. The law of God, ladies and gentlemen, is forever. It is pure. It is perfect. It converts the soul. We need to have a love for the law of God. And this is the law of God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, mind, and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the law of God. And upon these hang all the law and the prophets. If you can get a hold of that, you'll have great peace in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our hands right now and reach unto God in the name of Jesus. Say, God, I need great peace in my life. I need great peace in my heart. I need great peace in my mind. (laughs) Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Glory to God, 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 glory to God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I feel God in this place. I feel God in this place. Come on, let's give him a wave offering in this house. Let's seek his face right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody stand to your feet if you want to and just begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let the peace of God, let the peace of God come upon you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Now I want somebody who's been struggling emotionally and spiritually and you and you listen and you have been finding it hard to maintain peace in your mind maintain peace in your life I want you right now to just repent ask God to cleanse you ask God to purify your heart purify your mind restore unto you the joy of your salvation say God I want to be right with you I want to be right with you. Come on, can you do that? Could all of us do that right now? Could we do that right now? Just every one of us, just lift up our voice unto the Lord and say, God, please forgive me for my sins. Wash over my soul. Cleanse me, Lord, from presumptuous sins. Cleanse me, God, from iniquity. Cleanse me, God, from hidden sins. Cleanse me, Lord, from my fleshly ways. Come on, let's take a moment in this house and just ask God to wash over us and forgive us. Hallelujah. You're not, you know, you know this. You don't even need me to say it. But may we never get to a place where we think we're beyond needing to ask God to cleanse us. I know better than that. Everybody in this place knows you need a brand new touch of the purifying, sanctifying touch of God. Hallelujah. Come on, let that, let that. Let that Spirit of God sweep over your soul right now. Let the Spirit of God sweep over your soul right now. And let Him renew a right spirit inside of you. Come on, that's it. That's it. If there's something inside of you that needs to be laid down before the Lord, lay it down right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, any kind of bitterness inside of me, I lay it down. Any covetousness, I lay it down. Any envy, Lord, I lay it down. Any lust of the flesh, I lay it down, Lord. <laughs> If your pride has been offended, don't resist that. Don't resist that. Lay that pride down. Lay that pride down. Oh, I feel the beautiful touch of God in this place. Glory, 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 glory. Now what's going to happen when you really start praying? When you really start praying this way, what's going to happen is sweet peace is going to come upon you. Because you're coming into alignment with the law of God. It can happen that quick, ladies and gentlemen. It can happen that quick. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Glory. It doesn't take long for you to come right back into alignment. Thank you, precious Jesus. (laughs) All of a sudden, you begin to feel confident again. You begin to feel confident again. Hallelujah, you're in a win-win situation. Hallelujah, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Peace in heaven forevermore on the happy golden shore. It's a win-win situation. Thank you, Jesus. 
Only, only in you I find peace. <laughs> Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. These these altars are open right now. If you want to come, this altar is open. I want you to feel welcome to come right now and let the Spirit of the Lord minister peace to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on. The peace of God is going to drive a wedge in your spirit. He's going to pull. He's going to pry the fear out of you. He's going to pry the fear out of you. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Come on, that's it. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Cover me, yes, Lord. Through the storm. Cover me. I want somebody right now to come who's having trouble finding peace about their past, about circumstances in their past. I want you to come and let God give you a peace. Hallelujah, about things you can't change, about things you can't undo. And I want somebody to come who needs peace about their future. You're uncertain. You don't know what, you don't know what the next days hold, but God wants to give you peace right now in the name of Jesus. God wants to give you peace right now. Only in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Only in you, I'm secure. Only in you, I find peace. So cover me. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Cover me. Cover me. Cover me. Jesus I am safe Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you. Glory, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. My. Cover me when I'm not strong. Hallelujah. Cover me when I am gone. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Cover me. Hallelujah, Lord. The peace that passes all, I understand. Cover me. Cover me. Cover me. Cover me, Lord. Hallelujah. Cover me when I am hurt. Hallelujah. Cover me when I'm not strong. Somebody could use your ministry right now. Somebody could use your ministry right now. I want you to let the Lord lead you to somebody in Jesus' name. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Somebody could use your ministry right now. You were feeling it. I'm just confirming it. I'm just confirming it. Hallelujah. Let's it. Let the Lord lead you right now in Jesus' name. Let the Lord lead you to pray for somebody and encourage somebody in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, let there be peace. 
Lord. Let there be sweetness, Lord. Let there be precious peace, oh God. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost move upon you. Let the Holy Ghost move upon you. Hallelujah, Lord. Only in you I am saved. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Only in you I'm secure. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Only in you I find peace. I find peace. So covered. 